the world has changed. You can feel it in the air, as currents of wild magic pulse and flare across the skies. The barrier between realms is weakened, and none alive know the true cost of victory or defeat. There was one who could have guided our path, and still might. One who was ancient when the six stepped out of the mist onto the ravaged face of Tyria ten thousand years ago. Ghost was the dragon champion of Krauk and an instrument of his terror and avarice. On the site where the holy city of Ara would one day stand, the Forgotten shattered the Elder Dragon's control over his champion, granting her free will. Ghost remained loyal to her master even after the ritual. It was not until she took the lives of others and for the first time was able to see into their minds and feel their pain did she forsake her corruptor. Overwhelmed by shame and sorrow, the dragon champion Ghost was transformed from an emissary of destruction into Glint, a friend to all life on Tyria. Risking everything, she hid many of the ancient races from the Elder Dragons during their last rising. Kraukatoric's loss was great, and so too would be his wrath. For Glint was not just a cunning and brutal force of nature. She was able to pierce the temporal veil and gaze across time unending. 800 years before the Ascalonian searing, Glint prophesied its fall in the Flame Seeker prophecies. In 1072, after Exodus, the Ascalonian refugees had lost almost everything save their hope. Fleeing across the Shiver Peak Mountains, Prince Rurik had led his people from one war zone into another. The xenophobic Stone Summit Dwarves were waging a bloody war against their more open and tolerant cousins, the Deldramor. Rurik found common cause with the Deldramor Dwarves, who aided the refugees' passage across the mountains. In return, the prince and his people would help the Deldramor with their struggle against the Stone Summit. Prince Rurik would never see the founding of the Ascalonian settlement in Kryta. Fated to fall, he was murdered by the leader of the Stone Summit Dwarves, Dagnar Stonepate, at the Frostgate, ensuring his people's escape. The Shellshock refugees finally found safety in Lion's Arch, but for some this respite would be short-lived. Kryta, under the protection of the White Mantle, had repelled the Char invasion, but now faced a new threat. The Soldalesio seaboard, to the southwest, was besieged by an undead horde. Determined to live up to the sacrifice of their prince, and unaware of the true nature of the White Mantle, a few brave souls volunteered their aid. The Ascalonians were able to break through the undead attack, and rushed to warn their new ally, Confessor Dorian, at the Temple of Tolerance. The Confessor was convinced the undead's true goal was to seize an ancient religious artifact called the Scepter of Awe. Charged with the defence of the Scepter and its bearer, Danas, the Ascalonians successfully fought back the nightmarish attackers 
and were rewarded. They were made honorary members of the White Mantle and participated in an unseen ritual in Shaymor, the test of the Chosen. Still convinced of the virtue of the Mantle and unaware the Chosen villagers had been marked for death, the Ascalonians escorted them on the first leg of their long journey to Lomehurst. It was at this point the Shining Blade entered the fray. They ambushed the White Mantle and their new allies and spirited the Chosen deep into the Maguma Wilds. Thinking the villagers were now in danger, the Ascalonians pursued the Shining Blade into the jungle. Although the rescue operation had been a success, the Shining Blade's escape quickly turned to disaster. When the Ascalonians finally caught up with them, the Blade themselves had been ambushed and the Chosen were in real peril. Teaming up with the Shining Blade, the uneasy allies managed to free the Chosen together. Evinia, the leader of the Shining Blade, saw real compassion and bravery in these would-be White Mantle and offered a truce. Seeing the Ascalonians were ignorant of the crimes committed in the name of the Unseen Ones, she took a chance. Hoping they would rally to her cause when they discovered the truth for themselves, she bid them go to the Bloodstone Fern. There, Justicon Hableon's true nature was laid bare, and the adventurers exacted their wrath upon him. He paid for his crimes in blood, and his soul was trapped in the bloodstone, cursed along with all those he'd murdered. Incensed by the killing of Hableon, Confessor Dorian vowed to kill every member of the Blade, and bent all his resources to that end. Outnumbered and hard-pressed, the inner council of the Blade, Ivinia, Marcus and Cedra, made the decision to locate and unlock the hidden safety of the Henge of Denravi. They were, however, betrayed. White Mantle were waiting to ambush them as they carried out the ritual to open the way to the sacred Druid Sanctuary. Thanks to the seasoned martial skills of the Ascalonians, they managed to complete the ritual and reach the safety of the Henge, but the cost was great. There was a traitor in their midst, and they were running out of men and resources, so again Ivinia rolled the dice gambling on the virtue of an outsider. This decision would set in motion a chain of events which would see the Shining Blade all but wiped out. Vizier Kilbron had somehow engineered a meeting with Avinia. The two shared the same goal, the fall of the Unseen Ones, but for very different reasons. The Shining Blade would acquire the Scepter of All for the Good Vizier, and he, in turn, would aid them in their battle against the Mantle. Having proven themselves on the battlefield, the Ascalonians led the mission to steal the Scepter. With the aid of Dinas and other Shining Blade spies embedded inside the White Mantle ranks, the raiding party was able to seize their prize. This victory, however, was short-lived, for as the Scepter was placed in the hands of the Vizier, the mantle struck at the heart of the resistance. The Henge of Denravi became a bloodbath, and every hiding place and stronghold of the blade was put to the torch. Ivinia and Cedra were taken captive, and the few surviving blade fled into the Shiverpeaks. The same would have befallen the Ascalonians, 
but for the intercession of the vizier. The other traitor in their midst still needed his pawns and contrived their escape. Kilbron convinced the Ascalonians the only way to defeat the White Mantle was to fulfil the ancient Flameseeker prophecies by gaining the gift of true sight. He bid them go to the Crystal Desert, find the Oracle and walk the path of ascension. Desperate to free Kryta from the savage White Mantle and avenge their friends, the Ascalonians blindly placed their trust in Kilbron. The duplicitous vizier manipulated the young adventurers with ease and carried them across the Sea of Sorrows to the Amnoon Oasis. In the Crystal Desert, steered by the Hand of Fate, the Ascalonians would find the fallen King Turai Ossa. In life he had freed the Kingdom of Alona from the tyranny of the undead Lord Palawa Joko. Rising from War Marshal to King, Turai relentlessly sought greatness, which would ultimately lead to his demise. His cursed spirit wandered the Crystal Dunes, where he had once pursued the path of ascension and failed. Through these young adventurers, Turai sought release. He would guide them on their path, first to gain the gaze of the gods and then to complete the trials of the Forgotten. These tests were brutal and bloody, and were it not for their unworldly guide, the young heroes might well have fallen. For the final test, the Ascalonians would enter the now sundered Aubrey Rock, the Vision Crystal, one from their trials was used to pierce its shell and reveal the place of their final trial. Deep within the stone edifice was the Altar of Ascension. Here, surrounded by the golden statues of the old gods, the young adventurers would either ascend or die. They would face not forgotten or tormented spirits in this place, but themselves. To defeat your doppelganger, is to know yourself, to face your weaknesses and recognize your strengths. It is a battle of both might and will, and our heroes would forever be changed by it. When their mirror self was finally defeated, the great temple shook and filled with a golden light. Turai Ossa, the savior of Ilona, at that moment was freed his soul allowed to pass into the mist. The Ascalonians had ascended and were now closer to the gods. The Chosen of Legend were granted entry to the Oracle's lair. It was there, in her crystal chamber, that Glint revealed herself to our heroes. It was almost 800 years ago when I foresaw the Flameseeker prophecies. You have ascended and awakened the gift of true sight that lay dormant within you. The moment has finally come. You are the chosen I have been waiting for. While you've been in the desert, the rest of the world has changed. As you know, those who you once called friends have become enemies. Their souls are darkened by a deep secret. 
the unseen gods they speak of are nothing more than a terrible and fearful race of spellcasters known as the Mursat. As I have foreseen, the Mursat will meet their demise at the hands of the Chosen. Their stranglehold on the lands of Krita and beyond will be broken. For years, the Mursat and their human disciples have hunted down the Chosen, murdering them to prevent the prophecies from coming to pass. But you have slipped through their fingers, and your friends now pay the price. The one called Marcus betrays them as he betrayed you, and if you do not hurry to their aid, none will survive. Many have already been taken captive. Their souls will be reaped upon one of the five bloodstones, just as the Chosen you witnessed being slaughtered in the Maguma jungle. If this happens, no magic in this world or any other will bring them back. Of the future, this you must know. Your story does not end in the mountains. Your true destiny will lead you to the west, to the Ring of Fire. Seek the flame, for within it lies the power to destroy both good and evil. This portal will take you to the Shiver Peak Mountains. In the frozen mountains, the Chosen, now gifted with true sight, were able to pierce the veil of spectral magic and see the Masat. The spellcasters were legion, a plague swarming the dwarf homelands. Even with their birthright awoken, the Chosen were no match for these ancient magi. The creatures wielded fell spectral agony, a magic so potent it had taken only a handful of Masat to slaughter the legions of Char who'd assaulted Krita. A direct assault against the Masat would have been futile. But with the aid of the Deldamore Dwarves, the Chosen, using the Cloak of Night, were able to stealth past enemy patrols and reach Ivinia and Cedra. But breaking their comrades free raised the alarm, and the rescuers were soon outnumbered by both White Mantle and Masat. If not for the bravery of Cedra, all would have perished that night. Sacrificing herself, she gave her friends the time they needed to make their escape. Cedra's loss was felt keenly by all. Holed up with their dwarven allies, reports came in that Marcus had been sighted and camped with White Mantle less than a day's hike away. Vengeance would have to wait, however, for without a defense against the Masat's spectral agony, not even an army could threaten Marcus and his deadly masters. Again, the Deldramor proved themselves stalwart allies. Not just fierce on the battlefield, the dwarves themselves were as ancient as the Masat. Protected by Glint, their race had managed to retain some of the history of Tyria before the rise of the dragons. In their ancient tome of the Rubicon was an account of a great war between the Masat and a race known as the Seers. Defeated and hunted to the verge of extinction by the Masat, only a few Seers still survived, hidden 
solitary and filled with hatred for the Masat. The hand of fate, or perhaps the foresight of the oracle, again seemed to intercede on behalf of the Chosen. A seer had been observed by a dwarven scout a few weeks earlier. The creature was only a few days travel from their location. Hoping the seer held some knowledge of the race which had wiped out its kind, the Chosen tracked down the seer in the iron mines of Molodun. The seer lived up to its name. Yes, yes, you are the Ascended Ones the Dragon Glint has spoken of. Come in, come in, I've been expecting you. I have traveled far and waited many long years to help you fulfill the Flame Seeker prophecies. By now, you have realized that the Mossad cannot be defeated with the tools you now possess. For centuries, my kind has fought the Mersat. I know the rituals that can give you at least some protection from their agonizing touch. True to its word, the seer imbued the Chosen's armor with protections. They could now face the Mersat on the field of battle, and Marcus was the first to fall. May the deaths of all whom you betrayed weigh heavy on you in the afterlife. A weight seemed to lift from Avinia, Sedra, and all those who had been swallowed by Marcus's treachery had been avenged. Their protections now battle-proven, the Chosen were ready to bring the fight to the Masat, but the Deldramore had lost their capital, Thunderhead Keep, and if they could not reclaim it, they could not hope to prevail against the Stone Summit. The Chosen would not abandon their allies. Shoulder to shoulder with their dwarven friends, they reclaimed the keep for King Jalus. Enraged by the loss of his prize, Dagmar Stonepate marched on Thunderhead himself and unleashed the full might of the Stone Summit upon the besieged capital. The Deldramore were hard-pressed to repel their brutal cousins, even with the help of the Chosen and the remaining Shining Blade. Then. The Masat and their white mantle puppets join the fray, led by the homicidal zealot Confessor Dorian. They sought to grind the Chosen and the last of the Shining Blade between two armies, ending their threat once and for all. Hopelessly outnumbered, the defenders were pushed back, stumbling over the bodies of their fallen comrades. The threads of prophecy seemed to unravel before the eyes of the Chosen. But the board had been set, the pieces placed, and Abaddon would not be denied. The god of secrets and water placed his knight on the board in a blaze of fell magic. Vizier Kilbron materialized on the battlements of the stricken keep. This is just as it was written in the Flame Seeker prophecies. An opening will be given to the disciples of the Unseen. The peaks and valleys of the Shiver Peaks will be painted in blood. At this time, the Ascendants will rise, and the way to the door will be clear. The time of our judgment is near. We must prepare. The countless bodies of the Fallen rose up and fell upon the living. The tide of battle suddenly shifted. When the last 
war cries had fallen silent, the bodies of Dorian and Dagna Stonepate were counted amongst the dead. Thanks to the Vizier, the Deldramor and the Shining Blade had triumphed against all odds. The Masat, however, were not defeated, just their foot soldiers. You must go to the Ring of Fire Island chain. In the caldera of the largest volcano, you will find the power you need. That is where we will find the door of Komali. Behind it lies the secret to defeating the Mursat. Through this portal awaits your destiny. Do not let it linger. Seize that which you were born to do. Kilbron had twice saved their lives. The Chosen's trust in him was unflinching. To rid Kryter of the Masad forever, they would risk all. Without hesitation, they headed through the portal, with King Jaws's brother Breknar by their side. The dwarves understood the great peril the Chosen faced. Few who set foot on the Fire Islands lived to tell the tale. The loyal dwarves would not see their allies walk into such danger alone. The good vizier, too, would join them on the last leg of their quest. His moment was fast approaching. The island was infested with Masat, who had built great fortifications despite the hellish volcanic landscape. Guided by the vizier, they were able to circumvent many of the Masat's defences, but the battle to gain entry to the Caldera was vicious, and Brachna fell. They reached the Caldera, the mouth of Abaddon, which housed a great bloodstone, and the door of Kumale. All they need do was break the magical seals, and the prophecy would be fulfilled. The door was sealed with monstrous crystals, charged with the souls of all those slaughtered on the bloodstones. With the aid of Kilbron, they shattered the soul batteries, freeing the tormented souls held within. The cursed wretches assaulted the Chosen. As Masat poured into the caldera, the battlefield was chaos. But the Chosen could not stop. The door must be opened, no matter the cost. As the last crystal shattered, the barrier between realms evaporated. In that instant, towering creatures of living molten lava erupted forth, falling upon the Masat. The Titans had entered Tyria, and death would follow them. There was one moment of triumph, but their cries of joy turned to ash on their tongues. Their ally, their trusted mentor, Kilbron, changed before their eyes. His human form melted away, and before them stood a spectre of malice. I am the Flame Seeker. All of Tyria shall bow to me, or be destroyed. Kilbron had drowned Ara at the command of his master, Abaddon, and was gifted his lich form and command over the dead for his unspeakable act. He had gained the scepter of all by deception when he had failed to gain it by force. Now he would use it to command Abaddon's creations, the Titans. He had manipulated the Chosen to help him dispatch the Masat and open the way. It was his prophecy. He was the flame seeker, and the world would burn and bow to him and his master. 
Kilbron used the Scepter of War to command the Titans out into the world, opening portals for his minions so they could attack Kryta and beyond. If they did not close the portal, all would be lost because of their folly and misplaced trust. Then the Chosen's eyes fell upon a small figure beside the Lich, flaming sword in hand. The reanimated corpse of their fallen Prince Rurik cried a warning before attacking them. This last atrocity was almost unbearable. The Chosen were forced to end their prince to free him from the Lich's grip. With his last breath, Rurik aided his people again. Listen to me. The door of Komali must be closed. Kill the Lich while he stands atop the Bloodstone inside the Caldera. If you do this, his spirit will recharge the soul batteries and the door will close again. You have served Ascalon well. I beg of you, do one last duty for your prince. They rushed to fulfill their liege's last command and fell upon the treacherous Lich. Kilbron fell, only to rise again and again, but each time he fell, a crystal soul battery was replenished. The battle was long, but the Chosen were relentless in their assault. They would end the deceiver or die trying. As the Lich's corpse lay sundered at their feet, and the way between realms was finally closed, Glint's image appeared before them. Long into the season of the Scion, Tyria is revived again. Over the bones of the Bird of Prey, the fire is put out and the diabolic gathering is closed off once again. The Flameseeker prophecies are now complete. The door of Kamali is closed, and the Titans are once again safely locked away behind it. Abaddon's night had fallen, but as one fell, another would take its place. The fallen god cast his gaze south to the kingdom of Alona. In the land of the Golden Sun, nightfall began.